0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome into hour number two of this Gulf Coast Baggy Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. We're bringing you all the way up until four thirty. We hand things off to, I guess, uh, what is it called, the LSU. Network, pregame show, I don't know, whatever. This is the pregame Being a former show Tiger, you, that you needed to listen to. You don't have to. to know that
2: because you were playing while the network yeah, exactly. was on. But look, right.
1: whatever. This is the one you want to listen to. This is where you're going to get the hot takes, all the information you're looking for. And, Deke, what I want to talk about right now here at the onset of this hour.
2: Well, how pretty I am?
1: Is the, yes, exactly. You are looking <laughs> good today, though. You know, you came, came dressed in nines, belted up, hair slicked back. my fall good. purple. Uh, but, but, okay, so when you, when you look at it, w- I want to talk about the challenge the very unique challenge that Coach O is presently being presented with from an offensive standpoint. All right, we're going to get it. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, so when you think about it, and I mentioned this the first hour, he would ideally like to overhaul this offense. He would ideally like to completely change this offense, bring in a new coordinator. If he had the ability, if it was a long-term, if the timing was different, if he was brought in like any other coach, that's the move that he would make. Now, because he's an interim guy, what he has to do, is try to find enough success, enough productivity, make this offense that he doesn't really desire, make it successful in the short term so that he can get that long-term opportunity to make the wide-sweeping changes that he would ideally like to. Andy, So there's been much talk. How do you do that? How do you do that, right? You Well, you can't change the playbook. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, right? You're in the middle of the season. You can't change the playbook in a week. So people say, well, how much can you do in a week? And it is here where I think we arrive and one of the most, uh, one of the biggest advantages that this coaching staff has from an offensive standpoint in that they can't change what is in the playbook, but they can change how they use what is in the playbook. And right now, if you're game planning against LSU, you don't have any tendencies. Mm-hmm. You don't have any, uh, you, you, you don't know what Enzminger likes to do in certain situations, what O likes to do in certain situations. So I, I they, even though the playbook will be the exact same, Uh, I I think that you can do enough, you can change enough, that you can be more productive than you have been thus far in the season.
2: All right, we'll get to that. I'm going to give you my take on that in just a moment. Travis Rye, a senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, is with us. And kind of ironically, Travis, when I hear people talk about Alabama and saying, you know, where do they look in the conference and where do they look in the nation – some were saying that you know Alabama's offense has to continue to get better, uh, and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm going like, well, you know, I know they had that one disappointing performance in the eyes of Coach Saban. Uh, the same, ironically, the same week they gave Lane Kiffin the bump and pay. But you know, is there anything really wrong with Alabama's offense? What's the take on that?
3: I think it's still in the growing process with a true freshman at quarterback. Obviously, they still have a ton of weapons to work with, um, but there's there's things they need to improve in. The the intermediate, the deep passing game needs to be uh, more consistent, I would say, especially with the guys they have to work with uh, on the receiving end of that. And, you know, the running game needs to continue to improve. And that's an area where Jalen Hurts has really been helpful. But, you know, with your backup quarterback transferring out midweek this past week, uh, you know, you worry a little bit about his health now because Blake Burnett, I thought, was an SEC caliber quarterback. Uh, but with him moving on, uh, it certainly Hurts' His help takes on bigger concern. And this is a team that's really benefited from non-offensive touchdowns, too. That's kind of been the, uh, the cosmetics on, a, on an offense that hadn't always been great. They've produced a ton of points through their defense and their kicking game.
2: Looking in the SEC, we're previewing the teams in the West with some big matchups. Alabama, the B for their schedule starts next week. Number one, Alabama against Kentucky tonight at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. Next week, at 20th-ranked Arkansas, followed by a trip. Third week in October means Tennessee and Alabama. Alabama is at Tennessee, followed by a home date against Texas A&M. Then the... The Tigers and the Tigers and uh, Alabama both share the same week off, the last week of the month, and they'll face each other. So after this week, uh, no disrespect to Kentucky, but after this week, no doubt about it, the next four games, uh, those are the crucial ones for Alabama. That's a tough, tough stretch, three of the four on the road.
3: No doubt about it. And, you know, when you just look at that stretch from October 8th to October 22nd, you're going to have A&M and Tennessee playing each other. You're going to have Alabama and Tennessee and Alabama and A&M playing. It's almost – around Robin in the month of October to sort of sort out who's the king of the hill right now, at least in the Southeastern Conference. But you know, they want to try to play clean tonight. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They've got a couple of bumps and bruises they're trying to take care of. But absolutely, when they head to Fayetteville next week, that starts a three-game stretch that, and four, really, when you talk about LSU after the bye week, uh, that's going to define their season.
1: Travis, you mentioned Blake Barnett transferring. Uh, I, I So I guess my question is twofold. Um, first off, why transfer in the beginning of the season? What was the impetus for that? You would think uh, you would want to wait, you know, get maybe a potential ring, whatever bowl gifts are eventually coming down the pipeline. So why make that change at this time? And then what is the backup quarterback situation like for the Tide now?
3: Yeah, T-Bob, I think the Barnett family was – sort of using September as a gauge to feel out how that was going to play out for the starting oh. job. Uh, obviously, there were some decisions made based on going to a junior college. In my opinion, I felt that way all along, and it seems to be a divide coming from that camp with the Barnetts is that there's still some quarter systems, JUCOs out there that he can jump into even this late in September. And so that apparently is what you're likely to see from him. In the next week or so now, you know, by NCAA rule, even if you jump to a JUCO, if you go back to a four-year uh, after he graduates from a JUCO, you're supposed to sit out a calendar year. But there's talk that there's a loophole in that, and he may be able to actually go to a JUCO for the rest of this season, graduate in the spring or finish up in the spring, and then be right back into a power five next season. Mm, wow,
2: Travis Rice, senior analyst, AlabamaOnline.com, number one Alabama. Tough part of their schedule after this week at Arkansas, at Tennessee, A&M, and then they come to LSU. Uh, the first weekend in November, they take on Kentucky this week. Travis, earlier this week at Coach Saban's press conference, he was asked about Coach Miles and being fired. You know, and I think the the kind of response was, you know, I don't understand how you can fire a coach uh, in the middle of the season, and basically not even the middle of the season that has had the most success as Les Miles has had. Uh, his his take on that in and what, what, what is the rest of the conference, the vibe you get on about the move LSU made last week?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, for the most part, you hate to see Les Miles, the character, go. I mean, let's face yeah. it, we're, we're, yeah. lo- we're losing those guys. We don't have enough of those kind of guys. You know, I guess Brett Bielema kind of takes the mantle now, although yeah. Ed Orgeron certainly will, you know, I think, carry it pretty well down there at in the <laughs> um, That's a good call. But, you know, in terms of just being. The football coach at a program like LSU, and their heart of hearts, coaches have to know, and especially Nick Saban. If you're 10-8 and 8 in your last 18 SEC games yes. at a place like LSU or you're 15-11 and 11 over your last 26, that's not adequate. You know, it's got to be better than that at LSU.
2: Travis, uh, how can people get the latest on this matchup between Kentucky and Alabama?
3: Thanks, Steve. Just go to BamaOnline.com or Alabama.247Sports.com. Either way, it'll get you to us.
2: Travis, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll chat with you next week when you guys head out to Fayetteville.
3: Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve-Bob. All right, All right,
2: thanks, Travis. It, you know, that's one of the things, too, t By when people were talking about the moves that were being made. And, look, make no bones about it. Regardless of, of where you feel, uh, where you are, where you stood last November, where you stand right now, you may not be like it or so forth. I think the majority of people, regardless of the way they feel, they stand by the program. And they know that something had to be done because today uh, it will be interesting to see. I don't think you're going to have, and 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 maybe you wouldn't have had, t By, but it seems to be leaning toward there would have been an apathetic crowd here had had everything been, been the same, especially the way it went down last week and the way LSU lost that game, it, built, it it kind of pointed toward the frustration that people outside this program, people that don't keep up with LSU football know we've lost too many games like that. So yeah. many games on like what we didn't do or what we've done to ourselves. Why haven't we done that? Too many why we, why didn't I, why didn't you, why didn't they? Meaning, all pointed toward LSU, not the other opponent. But Just to like the, the opponent, body language, exactly. from
1: last week, a lot of hands in the air, no a lot doubt of about finger it, finger
2: pointing, a lot of shoulder shrugging. But, but from the from the exact of what's going on right now at LSU, everything you couldn't ask a person anywhere else. From the time they came and took this job to the time they were let go, when he was on the Dan Patrick Show, when he had to sit down. And if you don't believe now, even if you, regardless of how you felt about his coaching style, that Les Miles is a damn good man. And a class act, and he's gonna always say the right stuff. He's gonna never push anybody yeah, under the bus. Take the high road. Then if you if you if you didn't if you didn't already believe it, and you didn't believe it now, you couldn't have asked you couldn't have asked for a better send off as far as the way he handled himself. Yeah, now, it would have been like you said earlier this week, and you and I were talking. It would have been great. Had it been more like it was at the end of November last year, if that would have been it, and he would have rolled off into the sunset and so forth, even though there would have been "quote unquote" turmoil,
1: I actually don't know if that would have. No, been. No, I know, but
2: I'm, I'm, I'm saying from his own personal exit, being yeah. able to be with the players and singing LSU, you yeah, know, yeah, and, and yeah, so yeah, forth on true. the way out, just that by itself. That's but true. as far as him leaving, no, t it, it it basically it had to be done, and, and people want to say, well, you pointed the bye week. I knew all along it wasn't going to be no bye week because you have to keep the team You intact. did.
1: You told me yeah. a couple weeks earlier yeah. that we, we, right it after against, against Auburn, yeah. that
2: that move could come sooner and, rather than and later. And people were pretty much it, – it, this. look, it, this isn't no secret. I mean, you go back and point to November. So it was basically the timetable that the higher-ups had set out. But when you talk about what's going on here now, though, T-Bob, you had to do that because you, yeah. c- you couldn't – you're going like, okay, well, we're making a coaching change, but we've got four losses. We can't do anything in the West. We're going to go to the belt Bowl. Now, even though it's a big, you know, they don't know how good they are. It's a lot of questions. the great unknown. Yeah, it's the great unknown. But you know what? You're not eliminated from anything, though. You're not mathematically out of it. No. And what you've got ahead of you, it does give hope. It does give inspiration. And you're talking about a man that's taken over. People want to point toward the last time they saw Ed Ogeron in the SEC. You got to point toward the Ed Ogeron you saw three at years USC. ago at USC yeah. that beat undefeated the number three Stanford It kept him out of the national championship. That's the guy that's most recently coming off an interim head job, and that's what you got to go by. Well, yeah, and look, you got you got a lot of room for growth,
1: right? I mean, old Miss is what ten years ago at yes. this point. Have you changed in ten years? i like to think ten years, right? Exactly. I think we all mature, we change in ten years. So I'm not holding that record you Look, the bottom line with Coach O. He has so much going for him right now in this position. He's got the fan support. Uh, I think he's got kind of the political support of the air. Like, he's laid the groundwork. He's going to continue to win others over to his side. But what will ultimately decide his fate, like we've said it time and time again, just win. They got to win and they'll get the opportunity. And that starts today with a Missouri team that has an explosive offense. They got a good D line, which matches up well with LSU's offensive line. And it's going to be a challenge, man. Coaches hate distractions. This is a huge distraction, but can Coach O'Keefe? this team focused on the task at hand, that'll go a
2: long way towards deciding the outcome. All right, we'll come back, and we'll talk about what T-Bob brought up about, how, what LSU will look like, what they can do realistically in one week's time offensively. Counting down to LSU and Missouri, 6.35 kickoff tonight right here on Tiger Radio, WWL.
1: We have a brand-new practice plan for these guys. They're going to enjoy it. Uh, we're not going to be on the field as long, but we're going to go fast, and we're going to go hard. And uh, every day is going to have a new day, and they're going to be excited to come to work.
2: LSU interim coach Ed on tonight, the Coach O debut against uh, – the missouri tigers both ball clubs two and two missouri from the east and lsu from the west 635 kickoff tonight on wwl radio taking a look at some college football scores here we go these games are in progress six minutes and some change left number 13 baylor and iowa state knotted up at 42 apiece boy we talk about job openings could be in the making well there could be several this year we already know lsu probably usc penn state could be one after the vote of confidence, that's always a nail in the coffin for James Franklin or whoever gets that, he got that this week. And the University well, of Texas did very well come open. Franklin's like some unbelievable, like 0-18 against ranked teams. Right. And he's never won more than eight games. Never. And Texas is trailing Oklahoma State 49-31, to 31, so the Texas Longhorns, and, of course, they have Oklahoma 4 coming hey, next see, week.
1: Now, why does that matter to LSU fans, the Oklahoma State Tech score? Because – if they're, if for all the talk of Tom Herman, what Tom, what's the job that Tom Herman wants more than any other Texas, Texas. Yep. So the worst Texas does Texas boosters probably want the longhorns to lose. They want oh, yeah. to be able to move away from Travis. They want to get in the Tom Herman sweepstakes.
2: I, I don't know who coined the phrase, you know, maybe it's a, you know, don't mess with Texas, but uh, anyway, Tom Brady, he p- p- poked at them last week. I'll get to that in just a moment. But if Texas is really all that and everything's bigger than Texas, Throw 11 men in, Nick Saban. I agree. No, I mean, throw, and, don't and, yeah. don't let money be the reason you don't get your man.
1: Yeah. Still, and, 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 and you know, we we kind of discussed that last time around, but we'll see. The worst that Texas does, I think, the less likely. That LSU will come out on uh, any potential Tom Herman sweepstakes. Right.
2: I've never seen t- fans take to a coach so much as, like, basically off of one season. Small sample size. Yeah, very but, small sample so, size. So, but, but,
1: but why it is, Deke, as small as the sample size is, it's nearly perfect. It's, right. like, 17-1, and 18-1. He's a Mensa Society member.
2: Mm-hmm. LSU's next opponent, number 23, Florida, struggles, but they win today in Nashville, 13 to 6 over Vanderbilt. Number 2, Ohio State in J.T. Baird. Another four scores for him as Ohio State rolls 58 to 0 over Rutgers. That could be a top five matchup next week. They go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin later, coming up in a few moments. Let's go Badgers. I got him covered. The big house. Uh, they're going to get blown out today. What? Number 14, get out of here, Miami. Is that Vegas runner talking? To 20, 25, 35 to 21. Arkansas, future opponent of LSU. She takes care of all corn state. 52-10. 52-10. Arkansas entertains Alabama next week in Fayetteville. Later, it's number 12, Florida State against North Carolina. Next week, Florida State is at Miami. Later today at 2.30, coming up in a few moments, it's number 8, Wisconsin at number 4, Michigan. Illinois is at number 15, surprising 4-0, oh, Nebraska. Number 11, Tennessee, we previewed that one, is at 25, ranked Georgia. That's coming up in just a few moments, the CBS game of the week. 3 o'clock kickoff, it is Texas A&M at South Carolina. Oklahoma, unranked, is at number 21, TCU. It is 18th-ranked Utah at Cal, where Utah is a dog at Cal. Memphis is at Ole Miss, number 16, where Memphis is a two-score underdog. Remember, last year Memphis pummeled Ole Miss. That was a big, big game for the Tigers. Kentucky is at number one, Alabama. San Diego State visits South Alabama. The big one in the ACC, two big games in the ACC already. i have had two top 15 teams battle. Earlier it was Louisville and Florida State. Now it's number three, Louisville, and number five, Clemson. Interesting here, going into the season, Clemson was an 11-point favorite over Louisville, and now Louisville is a two-point favorite over Clemson. Number 17, Michigan State, is at Indiana. Utah State is at number 24, Boise State. Number six, Houston, all over Connecticut on Thursday, 42-14. to 14. And last night, a huge surprise in the form of the score. Stanford gets pummeled 44-6. to six at the hands of Washington and Coach Peterson, a hot name out west, and he has really turned that program around, which they thought Steve Sarkeeson would do, but he did not. Washington now is undefeated and will clearly move up higher than number 10 as they handle number seven, Stanford, 44-6. 260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. Offensively, T-Bob, when you talk about the LSU Tigers and what, what they can do with Coach O in a short amount of time and Coach Sminger now being the offensive coordinator uh, I'm like you. I, I don't know what they can change a lot, but they can call plays differently. Yes. They can, they can do things. And you don't have to be creative in the standpoint, well, we're going to line this guy up over here. We're going to break into five wires. No, it no just gimmick. Yeah, just come up. You know, hey, look, do what a lot of coaches do. They may script the first two drives or something like that. Then they'll deviate from there. But you can do a lot of different things. You know, not a tall sweep on a third and eight. You know, do do some different things get some people involved. And that's one credit with, you know, when Jimbo Fisher was here. Even Coach Croton, you, you remember this, mm-hmm. a lot of times people say, well, he's not as imaginative as far as formations and stuff. But sometimes he would get people involved more. Bubble screens, little sm- small, sharp well, passes. Well, Croton, look, that's when Miles still ran an open offense.
1: It right. wasn't until 08, uh, Croton year number two, when you had all the pick sixes, when he really went ultra-conservative. Right. I think he got a bit scarred by seeing what Especially turnovers could six, do. Right. your win-loss record.
2: Jeff Palermo joins us now. Jeff, L.A. You and T-Bob and I were talking about this and hit on this in this segment with you uh, you know in the form of changing things a uh, schematic uh, schematically so forth you know I don't know how much can be done over the course of a week or in that fact maybe until you get to the bye week maybe you can have a goal right we're going to have a few different formations each week our goal is three or four formations and maybe get a solid play where we can do good but they can be better play calling and I think that's something tonight Tiger fans are looking forward to and that prompted coach ogeron to make a move because i'm not saying one in the same but you know if coach miles were to go and you'd have kept croton it would have been like okay you know what's the change here offensively
4: yeah that's the focus for this game is not to be so predictable and i had a chance to talk with interim offensive coordinator steve ensminger about that earlier this week and some of the sound will be played during the LSU sports radio network pregame show is that they want to try to change up some of the tendencies if it's uh, third and two and teams are anticipating them to run the football, well, they may throw it. Um, You know, if it's second and eight, and teams are anticipating they may throw it, they they may try to run it. So I I think you're right. They're not going to come out with any kind of crazy formations or different kind of plays that uh, we haven't seen this season. Yeah, there may be a reverse in there, jet sweep, uh, you know, different type of plays. Who knows, maybe even a flea flicker in there or something. But, I think for the most part what they want to do is just change it up a little bit. I think they want to also take some more shots downfield, go deep a little bit. you got a guy in DJ Shark who has the ability to, to beat you over the top. Maybe they, maybe they look to do that a little bit more often. Um, and so I'm, I'm thinking you're going to see that, that's probably your biggest change here is just uh, change it up. Uh, don't try to keep doing the same thing that they've been doing here the last uh, four or five years.
2: Jeff Palermo is with us, columnist at WWL.com, Louisiana Network Sports Director, LSU entertaining Missouri tonight, a 635 kickoff here on WWL Radio. Jeff, in Baton Rouge, what was the vibe this week? Coach O comes in, talks about loosening up some things, media more involved as far as being able to practice and access to the team and to the players. Uh, Seemingly excitement is a word, uh, getting people, I guess, a breath of fresh air, some things people talk about. But you're in the city all the time at lunchtime moving around. But it seems like there's a little bit more I don't know, is optimism the word, hope, so to speak, about the program now? It's almost like uh, the season opener 2.0.
4: Uh, I yeah. mean, The first yeah. four games was kind of like a uh, exhibition or preseason, and now you have a new head coach in there, and it's almost like a, a new season. I, I, okay, uh, their chances of going to the college football playoff at this point is very slim unless they run the table. I don't think they'll be able to do that. But let's see. Let's see if. Uh, a change in philosophy, a change in play calling, if that doesn't get something going. Um, you know, the team, I think, seems a little more refreshed. I, I think this whole idea of just waiting for the day, and this sounds kind of sad in a way, waiting for the day for Les Miles to be fired, that is, that's gone. It's been lifted from this team, and it almost seemed like the team was kind of waiting for that moment to happen ever since what happened in November. And now that that's no longer there, Maybe they can go out there and play and, and not worry about who might lose their job or what kind of consequences will occur if they lose a game. They can just go out there and play. And I, I think it should result in, in better results on the field.
2: Jeff Palermo is our special guest. Jeff, now, uh, what was it like in practice this week? Uh, Coach O does some things. He's a high-energy guy. What, what was practice like as far as a standpoint? And we, we talked to Coach O on Monday. Of course, he had his radio show on Wednesday night. Uh the, this is something and his. He is more of like uh, I don't necessarily say completely different, but his is more of an approach of like a pro style approach. Uh, Coach Saban, some what the pro teams do. Uh, obviously, you got to go out and work. It's not painting a picture where, where LSU just cutting down practice. They cut an hour out of practice every day, but they all on the field a good bit less, and they're more in the in the classroom and doing some things off the field, fundamentals and so forth. What were the players take on that? Well, the
4: players seem to love it. Um, you know, I don't think they didn't want to really point to that as the reason why they're off to a two and two start because they're practicing, you know, three and a half, four hours a day or whatever it was. Uh, I don't think they want to point to it, but they do say that they probably probably weren't as fresh as they could be. So let's see. Let's see if this new type of, I, I don't know if this is the right approach, but it might work for the time being just because it's something different. It's something new. I think it gets the players' attention. It gets them a little bit more engaged at this point, and we'll see if that results in in, in, in in better results than what we've seen. Again, I don't know if just running twenty plays on a on a whatever day it was, Thursday or so, is, is the right way about going about it as far as practice goes. But I think the players seem to right now they seem to enjoy that. and – I think they're going to go out there and they're going to play for Coach O. There's no doubt about it. He's going to get those guys as fired up as they possibly can be.
2: Yeah, and, you know, there's very few people can go up to him because we as the media, we can be, you know, like we are, pain in the ass a lot of times and aggravate the hell out of people. But, it's a job. you know, we, we, we can go up and we can say, well, we shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be doing that. But there's one man to know what it's like to take over a program in mid-stroke and have success. And that's at Ogeron. So until he fails here and he doesn't do good, we got to go by what he did the last time, and that was six and two, and he had three big wins, including one over undefeated and previously number three Stanford. So I think he knows a little bit about what he's doing. Now, Jeff, as far as the opponent, what what is the take on how LSU matches up with Missouri? Some of the things that they do, Missouri does good, or some of the things that LSU has shown a little bit to be on the weakness.
4: Well, LSU's defensive secondary is going to have its work cut out for them. There's no doubt about it. Drew Locke is. Been one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the boxes, Southeast this season. Now, granted, they haven't really played a, a, a very good schedule. Really, the best team on their schedule, West Virginia. They were only able to score 11 points. But yeah. this is a team in 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 Drew Lock. That he, he's going to throw the football around and, and he's going to get the ball involved. They don't necessarily have a, a, a really good running back. Uh, they got a couple guys that they give the football to. Uh, defensively, they got they got some the NFL prospects on that side of the ball. Mm. You know, LSU's got more talent, but, you know, when a team comes in and has the ability to put up a lot of points in a hurry, might be able to hit a big play on LSU early on if LSU is too excited for this game, which they may be, which they may be. If they could be too excited and hits a big play on them quickly and puts LSU in a hole, a 7 to nothing hole, it might be a battle throughout the entire contest. Uh, that's, that's the concern going into this game is that Drew Locke, is going to have some success against a, a secondary that has given up some big plays
2: this season. Jeff, you you, you usually are out here. I guess you're making your way to campus today. You you missed it today. We got some old-fashioned griots here, and that is a uh, pork, the real good pork, not not the high end, you know, the the, the seven-dollar pound pork with the fillet. That's the kind with the bone on the end, like the first cut pork you make. Then we got some po boys, but uh, that's one thing you're not going to have here, Jeff, is a shortage of atmosphere and a good time. And that's one thing as T-Bob and I were talking, we came to campus today. It was a little, I guess, a little bit tighter, difficult to get to campus on the perimeter. And once you get here, it's starting to fill up more now. But there is a different feel though today. day. It, it feels different than it did against State. It feels different than it did against Jacksonville State. And, again, I don't know what we – there's so many words we could point to and so many things we could say. But I think that this had to be done, Jeff, because I don't know what it would feel like today. And a lot of point to the complete opposite of analogies and terms we would use – if LSU didn't make the change,
4: you'd probably have only about eighty thousand fans there. Uh, and, and I'm only saying it would have. And if it, was a, if it was a bad weather day, if Les Miles was the coach, might, the stadium might be half full. But uh, you, you're right; they, they had to make a, a change. I think everybody's excited for it. it it's a new beginning. I don't know if Ed Orgeron is going to be successful. I think one of the things that I like the most out of Coach O, other than him saying, he said a lot of things that LSU fans have been waiting for a head coach to say. One of the best things I thought he said was that he's learned from his mistakes at Ole Miss, and he, he used that to his advantage at USC. You mentioned the record that he had as the interim head coach at USC. I like a coach that recognizes their failures and tries to make sure that they, and they learn from those failures and try to become a better coach for that. Sometimes I think Les Miles is just a little bit too stubborn and and didn't want to learn from those failures. He just wanted to keep trying it and trying it again because he thought that was the only way to get it done.
2: Jeff, LSU is kind of a surprise, but usually Vegas, they don't miss by too much. It's a a 13-and-a-half, 14-point favorite. Give us your prediction, LSU and Missouri. Well, even though there's a lot of excitement with the change,
4: Mm -hmm. I I still wonder how much is this team – ready for to play an opponent ready to match how how much is this coaching staff ready i think steve ensbinger uh he's been an offensive coordinator before this is nothing totally unique for him but i think there's going to be some there's some kinks they're going to have to work out to where before they're finally all on the same page i, I don't i don't know if they can win by 13 and a half in, in this one i, I think is gonna win i like it more like about 10 points something
2: like 27 17 jeff how can people keep it with you on twitter At Jeff Palermo, LRN. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. We'll see you when you get to the stadium. All right, guys, thanks. All right, coming up next, we'll have a preview of what's going on in Louisiana Day state college football, some big ones, including a big showdown in Lake Charles in the Southland between Nichols and McNeese. Along with T-By-Baby, I'm Deke Belavere, counting down to LSU and Missouri, 6.05 kickoff tonight, 6.35 kickoff tonight right here on WWF. And welcome back. Along with T-By-Baby, I'm Deke Belavere. The boys from the bayou always take care of us. LaFont, God bless you. We hope you're doing good and working hard. I hope you meet your quota today, but we miss you, baby. We got oh Lord, they they, they having me over here. They hooked us up. We came in the curve over here across from Bernie Moore where they park, and the the buy Bayou were cooking the grill today and some sandwiches. But brother LaFont couldn't make it. He's on duty today, but uh, we we are with you though, wherever you are. We hope you sell by seven of them. Some big doolies over there, too. Yeah. Well, there's some big games. That was a that true spit take. Was. I, I
1: have not seen that in real life, maybe, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Wait, in a long, a long time. Man. A long time. Drink everywhere. There's
2: some big matchups in the state today, including a big <laughs> one in the, the SWAC with Southern and Jackson, and also a big one in the Southland between McNeese and Nichols. We call this the Boot Report. Here's
5: Jordan Fiegel. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what's going on with teams from around the state. I'm Jordan Fiegel, and this is the boot report. Southern gets a breather before the meat of their conference schedule. The Jaguars got back to 500 last Saturday, dispatching Alabama A&M and staying unbeaten in SWAC play. Wide receiver Willie Quinn had another 100 yard game and currently leads the country in receiving yards. Northwestern State also gets a chance to rest after their fourth straight loss. The Demons fell to Southeastern 34-24, giving them their second 0-4 start in a row. Northwestern State will suit up next Saturday against a more manageable opponent, Kentucky Wesleyan. Louisiana Monroe got back in action after a bye week and kicked things off for the boot today against the Auburn Tigers. The Warhawks are 0-9 all-time against Auburn, losing by an average score of 44-9. Both offenses rank in the bottom third of the country, so this one likely won't be a high-scoring affair. Head coach Matt Vietor knows the Warhawks have a tough task.
2: We're excited about opportunity to play again. Auburn's a really good football team. We know it's going to be another uh, another really big crowd to play again, another hostile uh, atmosphere to go play in.
5: In the day's only boot on boot matchup, the Nichols State Colonels head over to Lake Charles for an evening game against the McNeese State Cowboys. Nichols lost a heartbreaker in overtime against South Alabama last weekend. The Colonels went for two and the win, but couldn't punch the ball in. Nichols sits at one and two, but their two losses have come by a combined three points. McNeese outlasted Incarnate Word to improve to two and two. Despite the win, the Cowboys slipped two spots, and the FCS coaches pulled to number 22. They are the only remaining ranked Division I Louisiana team. McNeese has dominated this series in recent years, winning the last seven and holding an overall edge in the series 29-11. Grambling State got revenge on Alcorn State for last year's SWAC championship loss, beating the Braves 43-18. Devontae Kincaid accounted for over 450 yards in all six of Grambling's touchdowns. The Tigers are in an important battle against 3-1 Prairie View A&M today, and a victory would put them in the driver's seat to win their division. Coach Broderick Fobbs knows that getting the win is about doing the little things.
0: You have to just iron out some kinks, and
3: uh, and I think uh, you know as long as we continue to work and continue to develop, you know we'll we'll have a chance, You know so, but it's you know it's it's up to us to make sure that we do things the right way
0: and do all the little things in order to be a successful team.
5: The Louisiana Tech Bulldogs return to Ruston for just their ninth ever game against the UTEP Miners. The Bulldogs own a commanding seven-to-one lead in the series and will try to keep Texas El Paso winless on the year. Tech needs to bounce back after their collapse against Middle Tennessee, getting outscored 31-7 in the second half in a losing effort. ULL heads back out on the road for the second straight week for a night game against Sun Belt Conference foe New Mexico State. The Raging Cajuns are sitting at two and two, but the one-and-zero Sun Belt record has them tied for second place. ULL lost a thriller against Tulane last weekend that went to four overtimes. The Tulane Green Wave looked to build on that overtime win in their game against the UMass Minutemen today. Tulane's pass defense is an impressive 17th in the nation right now and matches up well against a one-dimensional Minuteman offense that relies on the pass. The Lions of Southeastern picked up their first win last Saturday after knocking off Northwestern State. Southeastern hits the Dusty Trails for their third road game out of their first four, this one against the winless Lamar Cardinals. The Lions have a losing record, but they are an undefeated 1-0 in Southland Conference play. Head coach Ron Roberts knows his team needs to keep getting better.
0: You know, I expect
3: nothing more than a you know, hard-fought game over there. Uh, we've got to play better, uh,
1: and again, that's what we're trying to do. If we can do it every week, we'll be, we'll be in a good situation, and you know, we'll put ourselves in an opportunity to win.
5: Your LSU Fighting Tigers take on their second straight Tiger, this time against Mizzou. For the first time in over a decade, LSU will have a head coach other than Les Miles. Defensive line coach Ed Ogeron was named interim head coach after Miles was fired following a loss to Auburn featuring another clock management debacle. That loss sent the Tigers tumbling out of the top 25. LSU's offense ranks 109th, averaging just 21 points a game. Coach O addressed possible changes to the offense.
1: I think that our coach's staff have done a tremendous job of putting in a new offense uh, as much as they can, changing things around as much as they can. Uh, guys are adapted very well.
5: I'm Jordan Fiegel with WWL-AM, FM, and WWL.com.
2: All right, Jordan, thank you very much. Looking across uh, college football right now, interesting is we get you caught up. On uh, some scores, and earlier today, of course, uh, let me hit the refresh button here, brother T. Bob. Now, oh, okay, now I got it updated. Oh. now what I was gonna tell you, T. Bob, a while ago, uh, that interesting is that boy, talking about Chris Peterson, he's he's a name oh, when people talk oh, about oh. things. You know, probably no. N- when I say further down the list, I don't mean that in the standpoint of qualified because he's more than qualified. He's got tons of skins on the wall. If you were lining him up against Herman, to me, it'd be a no-brainer yeah. because he's done it for such a long time, nearly mm-hmm. a decade. But really. Besides some of his wins, that big win he had uh, when he was at Boise, uh, when they okay, beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. last night they dominated. I don't know what was more Not impressive.
1: Not even close. Yes,
2: but the way they shut McCaffrey down, yep. or they beat Stanford 44-6. So Washington serving notice, by far right now, the class of the Pac-12. The problem is I've talked to people, and I, I know a couple
1: guys who played under Peterson and uh for whatever reason and look takes with the grain of salt right this is nothing official there's no this is like good money but I, I was talking to one of his former players and he seemed to think that he would never want to come to baton rouge just because is he a bit of a west coast guy where where's peterson's yeah. roots uh-huh. at? i think he's a west coast guy i think he likes the position he's in up there in the pacific northwest he's got some momentum going pac-12 right now probably easier to win than that of the sec but, uh, yeah, I, I was I was interested here because we were discussing that, and he seemed my buddy that played under him at Boise seemed to think that there was no chance he would come here.
2: All right. Also, keeping up, uh, still talking about some scores, so let's keep it rolling. Right now, Michigan and Wisconsin, no score in the first there. Arkansas, all Watch over Alcorn Badgers, State, bro. 52-10. University of Miami, 35-21 to over Georgia Tech. They set up a big showdown next week down in South Florida as they take on Florida State. Ohio State, what? 58-0 over Rutgers. Florida squeakers by Vanderbilt, 13-6. The Gators entertain LSU next Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Oklahoma State adds to the misery, and now probably the looming question mark is moving forward about Charlie Strong as Texas falls to 2-2 two two on the season, getting embarrassed today, 49-31 at Okie State. And Baylor gets a late field goal to beat Iowa State, 45-42. Along with T-Bob Abraham, Deke Bellavia counting it down to LSU and Missouri. A 6.35 kickoff tonight on WWL.
0: Okay, picture this.